presenting this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. We're talking to experts in the field about sports and exercise-related injuries and the latest advances in diagnosis, treatment, and prevention to help your patients stay active. For athletes, injury prevention can be a challenge even for someone in their teens and 20s. But what about the older masters athlete in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and even 70s? I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Vonda Wright. Dr. Wright is an orthopedic surgeon, speaker, author, and researcher at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Dr. Wright specializes in sports medicine and is the director of Prima, the performance and research initiative for masters athletes. In these roles, she cares for patients with a variety of musculoskeletal injuries while conducting research focused on athletes over 40. And she joins us today from her offices in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Dr. Wright, welcome to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you so much for having me. It is really fascinating when we talk about the term master's athletes because literally thousands of Americans are living longer and they're making efforts to continue to run those marathons and play those competitive sports. But along with that, there's the whole issue of injury prevention, which if you could tell us about that, because I'm assuming it's very different. Well, you know, injury is the number one reason people stop exercising. So we have to help people find a way not to become injured in a serious way. But in master's athletes, and just so we define who those are, master's athletes are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and above, as you mentioned, who are no longer competing in the Olympic track, but are still competing in races. And I use that term loosely, so it's anybody who is out exercising two, three, four, five times a week, all the way up to the really elite people. And no matter what your skill level or activity level is, you are susceptible to injury unless you do something, many things that I'll discuss today to prevent injury. In the master's athlete population, overuse injury is most common. Now, the opposite of overuse injury is acute traumatic injury, which we don't get that often. But overuse, meaning we do the same thing every day too repetitively. We don't cross-train enough. We use the same old shoes we've been using for 30 years. Or, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we get overuse injuries. Another reason we get overuse injuries is because there's a certain segment of us that are so busy during the week doing our job, raising our families, traveling, that when Friday comes and we see the light at the end of the hallway, which equals the doors that marks our freedom, we rush out and we rush straight to the basketball court or the golf course or the street to run. And we ask our bodies to do seven days of exercise in two days. Because we haven't been building up our stamina and building up our muscles, We simply fatigue them, and that is when they become injured. So what are we going to do about it, and and what do I tell my own patients every single day? Number one, you have to cross-train. You have to mix up your activities. Now, if you're a runner, I'm a runner, and we're crazy, and all we want to do is run. But I can tell runners that you'll be faster and stronger if you throw in a spin class a couple times a week. It not only works on the cadence of your legs, meaning how fast you can go, but it works on your core and your buttocks, which are traditionally very weak in runners. The same applies for golfers. You know, golfers only want to get better by buying clubs, 
buying coaching time or paying cash for green fees. But if you want to really be good at golf and avoid injury, you got to work on your core, which is your stomach and pelvis muscles. So you have to cross-train, number one. Number two, you have to face, F-A-C-E, your future. Now, that's an acronym that I use to talk to my patients about the four components of fitness that we use as master's athletes to avoid injury. F, the F and face your future, stands for flexibility. Unless we stretch every single day, we will get tighter and tighter. Our strides will get shorter because our muscles are tighter. Our golf swing will get shorter and more jerky because we're less flexible. Now, everybody kind of groans when you say you got to stretch out, but it's not as bad as it sounds. You need to do one slow stretch of each muscle group for 30 seconds to get a lot of positive benefit. Five repetitions is perfect, but more than five is useless. But you must do one slow for 30 seconds. That's the F in facing your future. Are a lot of physicians out there, are they telling their patients about this or do they... I don't know if a lot of physicians have a time to tell their patients about this, be the knowledge to tell their patients about this, or even do it themselves to be able to give a good example to patients. So, I mean, my guess is no, because, you know, we're so busy within the 15 minutes that these insurance companies allow us to talk to patients getting through the medical problems that doing counseling like this means your clinics run behind, which mine always do, because I think it's important enough to answer these questions for people and really give them concrete ways to avoid injury. And being flexible is the first thing I talk to people about. The second thing I talk to people about is the A in Face Your Future, which is aerobics. Everybody pretty much knows that you need to be aerobically fit. So that's 30 minutes of moderate exercise a day. That is a brisk walk. That is a jog. That is 30 minutes on a treadmill or an elliptical or whatever you choose. Rowing is a fantastic aerobic exercise, but 30 minutes is needed to get your heart rate up. So that's F-A. The C in Face Your Future is carry a load, which is simply resistance training. We have to lift weights. Now, I'm not a big proponent of throwing a lot of metal and iron around. I like more functional weightlifting, such as carrying our own body weight around, such as squats or the kind of push-ups you do on the balance balls, which make you carry your own weight, which is much more functional than sitting on a machine and throwing iron on. And then finally, the E in face is equilibrium. As we age, our ability to balance declines. Now, why is this a serious problem? Well, one in three people over 65 fall down. When a man falls down and breaks his hip, a full 30% die in the first year, and 50% do not return to their pre-fall activity level. That is a serious problem. And while it is almost as serious for women, fewer women die after hip fractures. So keeping our balance up is a serious concern. Now, the good news is that it's entirely retrainable, and it's as easy, as easy as standing at the sink on one foot while you're doing the dishes. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, a healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Vonda Wright. She is an orthopedic surgeon and specialist in sports medicine, particularly for older athletes from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And Dr. Wright, you were just telling us about 
just the various things that people need to do and doctors need to do. And the interesting thread I see running through this is that, you know what, it doesn't really take a lot for patients or their physicians to get a program going where they can really help themselves in the long term. You know, it doesn't take a tremendous, extravagant, detailed program. It takes a simple program that you'll do every day. I tell my patients it's better to start out simply. And, you know, on the website that you mentioned and in a book that I have coming out, I just take these conversations that I have with patients and lay it out in a simple thing because I would rather my patients start out simply and then advance to more detailed workouts. But I think people become overwhelmed. They see athletes on TV or models, and they think, I can never be like that, so how do I even start? But we don't start like that. We start by stepping away from the couch, by encouraging our patients to step away from the couch, to make their living room into a workout room, you know, silly things like that. But inactivity is such a problem in this country that physicians have to be mindful of it and do more than just say, you know, you really should exercise. And once again, Dr. Wright's website is www.seniorsportsandfitness.com. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier relative to what patients and their physicians can do. And you talked about things such as folks using the same old shoes and overuse and things like that. If you could elaborate on that a little bit, because you may find in in your dealings with other doctors that they might be missing things, and perhaps you could shed some light on that. Well, you have to have decent equipment. So don't, our patients shouldn't just go to the closet and pull out whatever they were using 20 years ago. So You need decent equipment because as we age, our body changes and shifts, and we need to be well-supported. So a good workout shoes, whether you're just walking or running or on a treadmill, are very important. And after you've used them for about 500 miles or six months, you need to get new ones because the soles totally break down, and that's when we get injuries. So that's number one. But in terms of the overuse injuries, In the same way that people sitting at a desk all day typing can get carpal tunnel syndrome because their fingers are doing the exact same motion for hours, we can develop overuse and repetitive injuries in sports. You know, if we're lobbing the ball in tennis a hundred times with bad technique, if we are swimming and our shoulders are not flexible or we haven't done the work to strengthen our rotator cuffs, the repetitive motion of swimming and not doing resistance training will cause us to have rotator cuff tendonitis. If we're runners and we don't stretch out, we can get uh, shin splints, or I get a lot of people in my office with bursitis of their hips, simply from not doing things as easy as stretching out. Well, Dr. Wright, I know you also have written for Masters Athlete Magazine and some other things, but you're also involved in health research with the older athletes. Perhaps before we go, if you could give us a a minute or two on some of the things that you're researching and some of the exciting things that you're looking into. Oh, of course. I'm so glad you asked. We had a very exciting study published as the lead article in the American Journal of Sports Medicine in March, which really asked the question, in the best of the best athletes, how fast do we decline? Or put another way, when does biology take over? What are we capable of? So what I did is I looked at track and field athletes across all distances from the 100 meters to the 10,000 meters in all age categories from 40 to 80 and looked at their performance times and using their times as a measure of 
their overall aging and decline. Now, what I found was fascinating. From 50 to 70, there was less than 2% a year decline in performance, meaning that we do very, very well until we get to be about 70 or 75 years old. At 75, something happens. Biology takes over despite being the best of the best because I studied senior Olympians who are consistent chronic exercisers. But even in this great group of exercisers, at 75, their performance declined at more than 8% a year. What the factors are that suddenly take over, we are in the process of defining. But that's an interesting finding, and the way it translates to the general population is that we have 77 million baby boomers who are about 62 years old right now. If the best of the best athletes start to decline, biology catches up with them at 75, that means we have only 13 years to get our 77 million baby boomers off the couch to intervene in their own activity levels so that they do not succumb to the ravages of a sedentary lifestyle. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Vonda Wright, who's been our guest. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host. To listen to our on-demand library, including this show, visit us at reachmd.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at reachmd.com.